0: and 365 day returns.
1: Hello and welcome to Pediapod for August 2022. In this episode, we look at placental transfusion during neonatal resuscitation in a preterm animal model. For depressed preterm neonates, initiating positive pressure ventilation is the most important factor in facilitating transition. Studies have shown that preterm neonates who do not achieve higher than 80% oxygen saturation are at higher risk of IVH and death. Therefore, the recommendation for depressed neonates is to immediately cut the umbilical cord and begin resuscitation. However, many studies have shown that delaying the clamping of the umbilical cord also benefits preterm infants by increasing the neonate's blood volume, oxygenation and circulatory stabilisation, thus aiding transition. Clinicians, therefore, are keen to avoid delays in ventilation with simultaneous placental transfusion, but what's not yet clear is how best to achieve that. In this episode, we meet early career investigator Praveen Chandrasekharan from the State University of New York. He used an asphyxiated preterm ovine model to ascertain the best practice of placental transfusion in a depressed neonate requiring resuscitation. Here he is.
2: My name is Praveen Chandrasekharan. I'm one of the neonatologists and also the associate professor of paediatrics at the State University of New York. I was born and raised in Chennai. I did my medical school back in the southern part of India and transitioned to the United States to pursue a residency in pediatrics and subsequently neonatology fellowship at the State University of New York and Buffalo System. So my interest in pursuing a neonatology fellowship came after witnessing firsthand birth asphyxia in neonates in my medical school and subsequently during my internship. And then the subsequent interest was fueled by the birth of my first son who came in early As of now, in infants who are born depressed, there are no consensus or recommendation as to what we do with the umbilical cord management.
1: So you've got lived personal experience of this clinical conundrum?
2: Yeah, fortunately, my son was not as depressed as other infants born are, so he did get both delayed cord clamping and umbilical cord milking.
1: Maybe a good place to start is just a bit of the theory around milking and clamping. Like, what does placental transfusion do for a neonate going through that difficult transition?
2: Preterm babies are born with immature lungs and so the benefit comes from that additional blood that goes in the last minute which provides valuable hemoglobin that not only helps during the transition by keeping the blood flow glowing to the lungs when a baby is depressed and can't breathe but also prevents brain bleeds as well as improves the overall hematocrit status, thus preventing anemia in a preterm infant. Many studies have shown that if you delay the clamping of the umbilical cord, there are an umpteen number of benefits for preterm infants. While a recent study has shown that close to 50% of preterm neonates are born with a heart rate of less than 100 beats per minute. In these depressed neonates, the recommendation is to immediately cut the umbilical cord and begin resuscitation. So the goal of my research is to find out If either the delayed cord clamping or cord milking, where you milk the cord quickly so that you can push as much as blood into the baby before clamping the cord with and without providing ventilation can be beneficial in preterm neonates. So essentially, this is just one step to find out which intervention is better over another. And since these studies are difficult to perform in actual neonates, it is helpful to get data from transitional studies.
1: And so specifically then you're trying to understand the role of cord clamping and cord milking in this animal model because we're still not sure what order to do these things in in
2: humans. So yes, what we have done is an experimental model. Studies have shown that getting the saturations up by 80% by 5 minutes and a target heart rate of 100 beats per minute by 5 minutes improves the outcome in preterm neonates. And if you don't achieve that, they are very... High risk of mortality and other morbidities such as intraventricular hemorrhage. So, we reduced the heart rate down to 90 and we ventilated the lamps with the cord intact for five minutes, which is called the delayed cord clamping with ventilation group. And in the other group, one was a milking where we milked the umbilical cord four times by stripping it and allowing it to refill when the umbilical cord was intact. With the placenta and the fetus in one group we never ventilated and in another group we ventilated the reason for ventilation is that clinical studies have shown when you milk without ventilation there is fluctuations to the blood flow to the brain and this may be detrimental so in a depressed model this could be even more because they don't have any regulation of the blood flow So what we did was we ventilated on for 40 seconds and we were trying to milk. And that milking led to decreased fluctuations in blood flow to the brain. And that has been highlighted in the paper. So we compared this to the standard intervention where you just clamp the cord and then you ventilate. And we found that each group had different advantage over the other.
1: Great. Well, let's hear your results then. Perhaps we should start with just the level of placental transfusion through those different techniques.
2: So we found that when you milk the cord by stripping the umbilical cord four times in a matter of 40 seconds, along with ventilation, you had the highest placental transfusion in this group compared to the rest, and this was significantly higher. The delayed cord clamping with ventilation led to better ventilation and improved blood flow to the lungs without improving the placental transmission as measured by the red cell volume. So it does provide evidence for the fact for future studies that umbilical cord milking with ventilation in a depressed neonate could be beneficial.
1: So are you saying that the delayed cord clamping with ventilation and the umbilical cord milking with ventilation both have their
2: different benefits? Exactly, they do have. So the primary driver here is a ventilation which All the resuscitation bodies concerned with neonatology emphasises on. So it's primarily important to start with the ventilation and decide on the intervention based on the state of the neonate.
1: Do you think there's a need to update the rules around resuscitation or do you think it's
2: too early to say? The resuscitation foundation or the resuscitation bodies have always updated the resuscitation recommendations every five years. So the ILCOR, which is the International Liaison Committee on Resuscitation and the American Academy of Pediatrics Neural Resuscitation Program, as well as the European Resuscitation Council, as well as the American and New Zealand Council, they are always looking for evidence-based recommendations. So every five years, they do get updated based on the available evidence. Now, translational evidence obtained from animals may not be the highest quality of evidence because there are obvious limitations based on species and control setting but it kind of forms a basis for doing optimized clinical research work. So there's always room to improve and there's always newer research that enhances the recommendations right now. So definitely the answer for your question is yes there's always room for improvement.
1: What do you think will be your next pursuit then? Will you continue working with these ovine models or do you think there is enough evidence to take some of these translational questions to the clinic?
2: There are a lot of questions still left. For example, we are looking at the effect of oxygen interaction when we ventilate because, like I emphasised, that you start resuscitation with ventilation but the million-dollar question still, what is the best supplemental oxygen when you start resuscitating a preterm neonate and that has the evidence swinging the pendulum both ways whether you should use lower oxygen concentration or higher oxygen concentration. So we have some preliminary data that supports that regardless of what oxygen concentration you use when you do ventilation with a delayed cot clamping it seems to ameliorate the effect of oxygen exposure. Now how much that has toxicity on the infant have to be seen at the level of lungs as well as the brain and other parts of the body now experts are always against the fact that don't use higher oxygen concentration because even a brief exposure to high oxygen concentration can impact a neonate which is not equipped to handle higher oxygen concentration and can lead to toxicity so that's our next step we have some interesting data that we have collected And after that, the next step is to see how long are we able to ventilate a preterm ovine model while they're connected to the umbilical cord. So that data will hopefully be presented in the upcoming research session soon.
1: That was Praveen Chandrasekharan from the State University of New York. And that's the end of this episode. Please join us next month for another edition of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening.